Well, I hope uh, that over the last few weeks I have communicated clearly. Um, if I haven't, well, you're going to hear lots more about it as uh, as the months go on anyway, because we're going to try and uh, drop these things into uh, all sorts of things that we are doing together as a church family. Um, in case you haven't been paying attention, uh, there's this little strap line, a church on the way, which of course is based on Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But also it's got lots of other resonances, including us being uh, on the Cotswold Way. And three key parts to it, three uh, movements, if you like. Following Jesus, growing as his disciples, and going and doing the things that he has asked us to do. And just in case you've got some folks around you who... um, haven't yet signed up for the Alpha course, they had a fantastic uh, first session, Uh, then part of the following is actually people learning how to follow Jesus. And the Alpha course is a really, really good way to do that. They've had the first week, which is, if you like, the introduction, but they're getting going this week, so it's not too late to invite someone on the course. Um, They had it in the upper room, and the team, uh, by the time they got five minutes into everyone arriving this week, uh, were questioning whether the room was big enough. What a great problem to have. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, So do pray for them. And if there are folks around you who you could invite, then please do invite them this Wednesday evening. And the little reminder that we've got this kind of uh, bigger image, idea about what God might want to do here. Because he has died, Jesus died on the cross for everyone that lives in Weston. All 7,000 of them and everyone that lives in Bath. That means that his version of the local church is bigger than ours. Because he's died for a whole bunch of people that are not yet joining in, have not yet made a decision to follow him. And that's where we come in. He's placed us all over Western and Bath in order to try and reach them. And we've got this little phrase, following Jesus and making disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't do this stuff alone. We don't go in our own strength, but we go full of the Holy Spirit. And I outlined um, a few habits over the last few weeks. There are good habits like dog walking and bad habits like eating all of the Pringles. Um, And then we've gone through uh, the four, well, I've gone through four of the five habits. You're getting the last one today. To pray, to read, to join, and also to commit. And if you didn't fill in... Uh, one of the little forms last week, uh, or if you took it away, uh, on the promise that you'd bring it back today, uh, I'd love you to fill it in today, and um, I hope there will be a basket that might appear for you to put them in. It'll take us a little while to kind of crunch the data, but we'll get that back to you as well uh, the moment we have it. Um, so, are you ready to talk about this last habit, to give? For some of you, you're kind of like, oh my word, he's got to the last one and now he's talking about the money again. Just sit tight, folks. Do you know, this is not, this is actually not about the money. Uh, This is about something much, much bigger than the money. I don't know whether you can remember back to the beginning of Genesis with Abram being called. God called him and blessed him so that he could be a blessing. 
God has called us into himself and blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And that reading uh, that we had earlier on from 2 Corinthians, to be people that sow generously. You know, it's harvest. We're thinking about fields and food and all that kind of thing on a day like today. But we can also sow into other people's lives. We can choose to sow generously. So before I talk about all the other stuff around the edges in terms of giving, um, first of all, uh, a thank you. And the thank you is this. At the beginning of the year... I can tell you which Sunday, it was the 14th of January this year, I stood up and said, folks, wouldn't it be great if we had the appeal for finances at the beginning of the year rather than the end of the year? Well, do you know, I'm so, so grateful to you for giving, for God for providing, for the church centre staff for working so incredibly hard. I think they're going to have had a record year with the church centre. Not only is it busy with lots of church activities, but they will probably uh, have brought in over £70,000 in hires from the church centre. Isn't that amazing? And a one... Yeah, you can, you can clap the admin team. They work incredibly hard. And a treasurer who has been ruthless with the accounts, but most of all you for giving and God for providing through you. And that means as we come to the end of the year, the church accounts are looking much more healthy. And in fact, we're going to sit down at the next... um, at the next PCC meeting and talk about whether or not we'll be able to pay the whole of our parish share and whether we should, because actually we think the diocese are asking a little too much of us. Um, but we're really grateful for your generosity in this. So it's great that I'm not going to have to stand up before Christmas and say, help us for the whole. So thank you. Um, Let's be really clear as I dive into this. This is really not about the money. I know I've just mentioned the money, but actually this is about lasting habits for the whole of our lives so that we can live generously together. It includes the church finances, but actually that's not the point. And we've got some more changes to come on the church finances. One of the things that I want to do is I want to stop the collections and have a joy box at the back. I know some of you might love, well, a joy box because God loves a cheerful giver. So we call it a joy box. I mean, it worked better in my last church because the treasurer was also called joy. Um, Just made things easy, you know. Um, uh But actually, I I just want to be clear that when we have visitors come to All Saints, that actually the first thing that they meet is not a bag passing in front of them. What I want for them, and I hope that you want this too, is for them to come and meet with Jesus. And in order to do that, we're going to have to stop passing around the bags. And we might then have to, you know, if you you want to keep on giving cash, that's fine, but we'll we'll have a box at the back. We'll, We'll get to that. You know, something happens when we give and when we give thanks. I've talked a lot over this last year about the power of giving thanks. 
about being the kind of people that thank God for what he's done. That wake up in the morning and go, Lord, thank you for this new day. And even though you might be going through really tough things, what happens is that that changes the atmosphere. Thanksgiving changes the atmosphere. But giving unlocks transformation. Giving unlocks transformation in other people's lives, in our own lives, and in the world around us. As part of this vision, I've, I've highlighted four really obvious, very simple ways that you can be giving. And one of them, yes, is uh, part of the church finances. But the four simple ways are this, to be on a team at All Saints to be on a team in some way. You know, uh, the, the, the little email thread that was going round about uh, arranging uh, the decorations for today, you know, that group of people's a little team making this place beautiful. might be serving on the children's team. It might be helping uh, at WASPs with a new venture that's coming up and that we're thinking about. So if you're, you know, if you've you've got the energy to, to be loving to one of our local families, maybe talk to Penny because we've just about to step out on a new venture. Be on some kind of team, even if it's a praying team. That one doesn't require quite as much movement. Be on a praying team. The second one is to be giving financially to the local church. Okay, and I do mean giving rather than tithing. And if you need to catch up on that, well, you can listen to my talk from the 14th of January. But I'd love you to be generous to the local church. Because actually, you know, this place is not funded by the government or by the local council or by the diocese. It's funded uh, by God, but through our wallets. Um, So please do uh, give generously. But it might be that serving in some way, giving in some way in this place, you have got a skill or a gift that we just don't know about. And and if we don't know about it, well, we don't know to ask. So could you tell us? And could you join in in that way by uh, by sharing uh, the thing that you're really good? Or maybe it's volunteering in the wider community. Maybe it's getting involved in street pastors or visiting your neighbor or whatever it might be four simple ways that you can give. When Jesus sends out the twelve, what he does is he... When Jesus sends out the twelve, what what he does is he sends them out and he says to them, freely you have received, now freely give. Freely you have received, now freely give. You see, what I want to dig into here is is not really an action, but the heart that comes before the action. That we would be people whose hearts have been transformed. You see, giving starts with how we see things, how we see the world. The giving habit is actually about how we see other people. 
There is this big lie, and the lie is that we are the center of our own little universe. We're the most important people in it, and what we've got to do is protect our bubble and look after ourselves and make sure that everyone is serving us. But actually, the whole tenet of Scripture is that it's not like that. God is to be worshipped And he calls us to join in with him in terms of being a blessing to others. No longer living for ourselves, but in partnership with him, transforming the world. Think of it, if you will, like a cup. And the Bible uses the idea of a cup to talk about what you have received from God. Psalm 23, my cup overflows. Jesus praying to the Father, when you take this cup from me. That one was too difficult. You know, uh, I don't know whether you've ever asked a, a younger child to help lay a table. Obviously, we've done this quite a lot recently in our house, although they are getting it a bit, bit, bit bigger. But they still do this one. You give them a big jug of water, and it's on the kitchen sideboard, and you tell them to go and put it on the table. You know what they do? They take the big jug of water, and they hold it against themselves, and then try and walk. And you know what happens, don't you? The water goes everywhere. Of course it does. When we try and hold on to the things that God has given us and keep them for ourselves, we make a mess. The cup still overflows, but it just makes a mess. Actually, what he's asking us to do is to hold it out for others but also so that he can keep on filling it up. I wonder if you're living in the kind of a way that allows your cup to overflow for others. So that you see others around you, you see their need and you join in. Psalm 23, my cup overflows. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's better to be holding your cup out for others so that they can share in what you have rather than holding it close and trying to hang on to it, in which case everything tends to get messy and wet. So let me come into land. We are sent people. We've done the five habits. To pray, to read, to join, to commit, and to give. And let me come to the very last thing, is that we are sent people. We're the kind of people that go out into the world. Jesus breathed on them and said, Peace be with you. As the Father have sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. We are sent people. He has put his authority into our hands. 
And He tells us to go. And He fills us with His Spirit so that we are filled with power to go and do the things that He's asked us to do. It starts with following Jesus, with growing as His disciples, and I pray and I hope that no matter how old you are, that you will continue to grow. I was standing with someone yesterday who was wrestling with a huge, life-changing set of circumstances. And it was a privilege to hear him growing in that. To learn, for him to be learning more about how to do life well, about how to follow Jesus. He wasn't stopping growing. Following growing, making daily choices, walking in some of those habits that we've been talking about. It happens on the journey. As we go, as we step into what God has for us, what he's calling us to do. Each of us on the way. I don't know about you, but I believe that the gospel is powerful. I believe that when people meet Jesus, they have their lives transformed and that what we have to offer because of Jesus is so much better than winning at golf or gaining a few more likes on Facebook. The home that he has to offer is an eternal, lifelong, ever-present dwelling place with the Father. It will not fade after the mortgage has been paid off in full. I believe that the Holy Spirit is already at work around us. And when we believe those things, our job becomes really simple. Because we don't have the burden of the whole universe on our shoulders. Our job becomes simple. We just need to open our eyes and see what he is already doing and join in. When we do this, I think we'll become a church on the way. We'll stop grieving the decline of faith in the West and we'll be following Jesus and making disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit, getting ready to grow. I wonder whether you'll pray with me this morning. Because what I'd really love to do is, I'd love to commission you all for this. Because it's not a one-person job. It's not my job or the job of the church wardens or the bishop or a specialist. It's our job.